Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. It feels like Groundhog Day for the Pilgrims right now after another th- defeat and another red card, this time at Bristol Rovers. Joining me to look back on Saturday's events are our football experts, Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hiya, guys. Hi, Stu. Hello. Uh, Jack, starting with you first. You were up at the uh, Mem on Saturday. Things are just going from bad to worse for Argyle right now. I think David put it quite well when he did his piece saying it's like Groundhog Day because it was exactly like what we've seen time and time again before this season, you know, Argo didn't have much going for them in the first half. Um, Bristol went one nil up. Second half comes along, and Argo like a team possessed. It's a totally different team. Nathan Bliss had a great chance for about five minutes before he scored, and then he obviously got the equaliser. Heads are up. You notice a notable lift amongst the fans, amongst the team, and then against one of play, Argo could see the second goal, and then a few minutes later, Gary Miller gets sent off, and you're very quickly brought from the the, the the highest of highs back to the lowest of lows again, and it suddenly turns into a very long afternoon. It did sound like there were a few positives though. It sounded like the second half performance was a lot better than what Argyle fans have seen in recent weeks. Again, it was a bit more like the Scunthorpe game, you know, where Argyle were on top. And that, that, in that period, don't get me wrong, the first half wasn't particularly great. But when Argyle got the equaliser, again, they were on top. Like they were against Scunthorpe and you thought, actually, if one team is going to win this, it will be Argyle. But again, the red card and the second goal just absolutely killed them. Yeah. Chris, I've got to take my hat off to you. Um, as journalists, we often get a lot of stick from fans for not asking questions, but um, you did kind of front up to Derek Adams on Saturday and said to him, you know, the fans are becoming, or fans are losing the faith right mm. now. How did he kind of take that and what was his response to, to your questions? Well, I mean, we're, we get a lot of feedback, thank you to everyone, through the podcast and the web chat we do on a Friday. So it, it does give us a, an indication of how fans are feeling. Of course, it is always a bit of a straw poll feel to it and you, you never quite can assess exactly how the fan base are feeling about things but clearly people are disgruntled with results performances and you know there are people out there who are critical of Derek Adams don't think he should be the manager any longer now I don't agree with that Um, but you know everyone's entitled to their opinion and so you know when you go into a press conference after a game you know you do try and ask questions that fans would do if they were in that situation now there's some questions you're not going to ask in a press conference because it is inappropriate to put certain points mm-hmm. um, immediately after a game isn't it but I, I think it's, it's, it's valid after eight defeats in nine to say to the manager look some fans are, are losing faith in you and um, you know his response was well that's what happens and it does happen in football you know any manager who doesn't expect criticism when their team were on a run of eight defeats in nine games is living in cloud cuckoo land isn't he um, he said, you know, that football fans are fickle. You know, sometimes they're with you, sometimes they're against you. And um, and that's true because I think all, all football fans are, are fickle. It doesn't take as long to... Uh, and I'm talking as a, as a fan here, you know, with... with you, you know, you guys know my team and who I support. And, uh, you know, they, they sacked a manager after four games in the season. So, um, you know, things change quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, that was that, that was his, his reaction. Um 
you feel as though you, you've put him on the spot a little bit, but you know he's the manager of a football club. Um, there's a lot of fans out there paying good money to see their team play. There was 1,300 Argyle fans that travelled up to Rovers. And, and as David rightly put in his piece, that did feel on Saturday like we've seen that script on more than one occasion this season. And, um, you know, you can't keep having the same thing happening time after time after time. So, um, you know, I think it was, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a talking point until such point that Argyle start winning games and stop having players sent off for stupid red cards because it was a stupid one on Saturday. Yeah, just going back to what mm. he said then, he, as you say, he said that football fans are fickle mm. and, you know, there isn't certainly an element of truth in what he said, but has he got to be careful with what he says? Because, I mean, coming out and criticising, or not criticising mm. fans, but calling them fickle, mm. is not going to go down well with a lot of football fans and Argyle fans in particular. No, it, it probably won't. Um, but, you know, you can look at it the other side sometimes and say that, that fans are quite happy to dish out all sorts of... Uh, stick from the terraces and through uh, through the media and through Facebook and through whatever way they do and and are quite happy to give it out and sometimes not that happy when it comes back in the other direction. Now, that wasn't the case on Saturday. I think Derek Adams was just making the point that this is what happens when a manager and a team are not getting results. It's part of the parts of the, the territory. There's no point the players moaning about fans being critical of them. There's no point the manager moaning about fans being critical about, you know, that's what happens. The only way you'll stop people being critical is by winning games, and that's what they need to go and do. And at the moment, in parts of games, like Jack said, they play okay, but they can't do it over 90 minutes. And if you keep getting players sent off, you know, you're seriously, seriously damaging your chances of getting even a point. I mean, the ludicrous thing on Saturday was, you know, at 2-1 down, Rovers could have won 3-4-5-1 quite easily against 10 men, and yet in stoppage time at the end of the game, Anthony Sarsavik's had an absolute golden, golden chance and it should have been 2-2 at the end of the game. Mm. And, you know, it's um, that's the way it's going for Argyle at the moment. Fine margins. Mm. Uh, Jack, where, where do you stand on this um, on comment from Derek Adams? Well, I'm not part of the Derek Adams out brigade, as it were. I think the thing that I've spoken to you about, about my feelings before, and it's, it's more a case of the performances, the, not the results. I accept that you know teams don't win games. It's the lack of going forward which is a concern. And I think I think Chris might have said in one of his pieces, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season now and we've got five points on the board. And I don't think it's an unreasonable time to start to start questioning certain things. Obviously, managers have to come out and answer questions from press, and you know, I do understand that. But I think it's, it can be a dangerous game. But if Derek Adams thinks that, he's got every right to say it, but then people have the right to say things back as well. It works both ways, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, as always, we put an appeal out for questions, and we've had a fantastic response. So thank you to all who sent questions in to us. We'll start off with one from Robert. Do you think that Derek Adams has seriously underestimated how good League One actually is? He said last season there is not a lot of difference between Leagues One and Two, yet Argyle have players that he has bought that are really struggling in this league. Have you noticed a big step up, Chris? It was interesting. I talked to people and they said that they thought the difference between the bottom of League One and the top of League Two wasn't a, wasn't that, that much of a difference before we were relegated. I've, I've been, you know, I think League One's quite strong from what I've seen so far. Um, now, admittedly, Argyle have been losing most of the time, so inevitably the team that's beating them is, is going to look better in, in some degrees. But um, it was, I, I, I asked Derek Adams on Thursday when we saw him at the last press conference before the, the game at the weekend. I said, had he been surprised by, by League One? And he said, yes, he had. Um, it was better than he thought. And he said, in League Two, you get four or five good players in the team. And um, he said in, in League One, it's six, seven, maybe eight sort of thing. And so I think, 
I don't know if he seriously underestimated it, Robert, but he's he's surprised by it, and um, and so that might have a bearing maybe on the players that are being brought in. You know, finances obviously dictates a lot of what happens with players. But yeah, I think you know it's a fair point that the, the players that he's brought in, you know, apart from Ryan Edwards and Jamie Nesson, you know, I thought Ryan Edwards had a poor game on Saturday to be honest. You know, none of the others have really uh, come in and made a big difference, have they? So. Um, no, I, I think he's definitely been surprised by League One. Yeah. Jack, I'll put this question from ADD to you. Did Argyle just sell or let too many of last season's backbone go from what was a, a pretty strong squad? I think I won't be alone in you know saying when Derek Hannah's made a number of the signings, we were all quite excited by them. I think on paper, I don't know, football isn't played on paper, it's a famous cliche, but on paper, some of the signings are good signings. You know, when... Lionel Wainsworth was one of them that got me quite excited. I thought that's a good calibre of player to be coming here. Ruben Lemiris had a bit in and out of Coventry, but I thought that was quite an exciting signing. When Nadia Chifchi came in, you know, everyone, I saw fans, the same fans that now were calling for Derek Adams' head, saying we're going to win the league this year. Do you know what I mean? It's that type of thing. And they are, on paper, some good players. And I think Chris is quite right. At the moment, a lot of them are underperforming. Now five of the, the games over the last eight or something have I've got to be playing with 10 men rather than 11. Now, that's not going to help certain players shine. The biggest area of the pitch, as we've spoken about, is going forward. But no, did he sell that too many go? I don't think that too many of them would be making much difference to our situation at the moment. Well, it's interesting when you look at the players he let go, how many of those are actually playing at League One or, or even in League Two? Connor Smith at Yeovil, I can think of. The one of, I was thinking but... of possibly, Craig Tanner. I think yeah. it was quite exciting going forward. Maybe in this situation we could do with someone like him, but he's got, we've got a lot of wing, wingers. We do have a lot of wingers. But you're quite right, a lot of them aren't playing and I don't think that any of the ones we let go really would make a big difference and would see us now 10 places higher in the league. I just don't think that's realistic at all. Yeah, Chris, we have another question mm. which isn't actually on your sheet, but it's okay. from Derek Bartrop. Is okay. Derek Adams still looking at non-contract players? You speak to Yes, more than we do. I, he I is, but there's... Looking, yeah, you? no, he's, he's, he's always looking, but I, I don't think there's a great... Uh, amount of players there that you could bring in and um, would improve things at the moment. Um, you wouldn't rule it out and it's definitely on his uh, on his radar but uh, I've said this before and I, I apologise for repeating myself but you know out of contract players in, in October um, you know they're going to be out of contract for a reason and you know whether you can find anybody that you can bring in now to make a big difference. I mean yeah, when you're on a run of eight defeats in nine, you, there might be an argument to say, well, there must be somebody you can bring in, but um, uh, we will wait and see. I mean, you, the injured players uh, are not returning as quickly as you would like. The suspensions never seem to be disappearing, and January transfer window's a long way away, isn't it? So um, I'm sure if he could add to his squad, he would, but what's the point of just bringing a body in for the sake of it? Mm. It's interesting as well, if there are if there is an area of his squad that he wants to, to strengthen... Mm. You know, we were perhaps talking about midfield a couple of weeks mm. ago. Then it was strikers because mm. the team weren't scoring goals. Now, mm. of course, there's no right-back for the next three no. games. So no. No. it's the sort of changing face of, of management, I guess, with Derek Adams. And it's, to, it's just worth mentioning the right-back situation, Stu, is that Gary Miller can actually play against Exeter in the Checker Trade Trophy tomorrow. I put it in the pieces I wrote over the weekend, but the Checker Trade Trophy has its own yeah. disciplinary rules and codes. So any suspensions you get in a league game, doesn't get carried over to the Checker Trade Trophy. So there's every chance that Gary Miller might play tomorrow night at right back. Although I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Jordan Bentley played at right back. He, yeah. he did against Swansea in the Checker Trade Trophy last year. Um, he's had that loan spell at Sutton that didn't work out. 
might be a good opportunity to, to give him a game and uh, see how he see how he copes. Well, that's that's something Jack and I were actually talking about mm-hmm. before you came in today. We were mm-hmm. saying, you know, or I was saying to Jack, that the fact that Miller is suspended for the next three games and there's no recognised right back to come mm-hmm. straight in, mm-hmm. Adams might use tomorrow night's game to have a look at Bentley or maybe even Sokolik and just give him a bit of yeah. practice there before you know what are now two massive games exactly in League One coming up. But then Gary Miller would effectively miss four games, although it's not yeah. over that long a period, no, and there's every chance that they might need Gary Miller to, to play a right-back after his suspension because Oscar Threlkeld, unfortunately, doesn't seem to be returning from his injury as quickly as we would hope. But I, no, I wouldn't have a problem with playing Jordan Bentley there. I think, you know, first-year professional. Um, in ordinary circumstances, a Checker Trade Trophy group game against Exeter, it would make good sense to play one or two of the younger players um, and give them a... A taste of, you know, competitive action. Yeah. Sorry, I've gone slightly off topic there. No, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're mm. going to come back to the exit yeah. game in a minute. Yeah, uh, Jack, one for you. Steve Merrifield, Merry, Steve Merrifield, rather, is Argyle's continuing lack of form and indiscipline a sign that Derek Adams has lost the dressing room? I don't think so. There's a lot of rumour goes around, doesn't it, when things aren't going well. People yeah. tend to be desperate to find a reason as to why, rather than mm. just accepting the fact that Absolutely. the team isn't playing particularly well. I think. Ryan Edwards, we've, we've gone over them all quite a bit. You know, Ryan Edwards was two yellow cards. There were a few stupid moments and five, five red cards in such a short space of time is almost unheard of, isn't it? Gary Miller was a definite red card. I, I feel he was a little bit unlucky because he'd made a very good tackle just before that. The ball went back to the, the opposition player and he got straight back up and went in again. was a red card, but I don't feel that that was because there's anything going on. I just thought, think it was an unfortunate one. And actually, I think Gary Miller was having quite a good game up until that point. Um, so no, I don't. I think fans have do have a habit, and I'm one of them. You know that in the you sometimes try and look into things that aren't really there. I don't know what goes on behind the dressing room. Derek Adams certainly won't reveal to anyone if there is any problems there. And I think you know when a team is going through a patch like this, the fans just need to get on side. It doesn't mean they can't have their views. It doesn't mean they can't have have what they say, but they need to support the team vocally when these next few games come along because we're all in it together, really. Yeah, it's interesting as well, Chris. When you see Dave Roundtree's picture of the goal celebrations mm. on Saturday, all the players are there celebrating together aren't they so it doesn't look like there's any disharmony as such yeah like Jack says it's always difficult to know if you're not in the dressing room you don't really know uh, what's going on and what's being said um, now all those players are being brought into the club by Derek Adams um, you know and at the end of the day even if in the situations players have, have sort of grievances with managers you, you're all judged on results on the pitch you know and um you know, it's in nobody's interests for players to go out and say, well, you know, I'm not really all that fussed about this manager, I'm not going to bother today, because most of those players are on one, two-year contracts, and if you don't perform and if your team get relegated, you'll soon find yourself out of a job or at a club lower down the pecking yeah. order than you're at already. So it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to say, oh, he's lost the dressing room, and is it all, is it all sweetness in life in the dressing room at the moment? Of course it's not, but... Um, I, I, I haven't heard or haven't seen any indication that, that that's a problem. It's the, the discipline on the pitch, the inability to take chances, the way they're conceding poor goals. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Gary Palmer, Exeter, who are playing with confidence, will be favourites to heap more misery on Argyle. Of course, it's the Checker Chase Trophy game mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Then Argyle have two home games against Fleetwood, who are three points outside of the playoffs, and Shrewsbury Town, who are 24 points ahead of Argyle and beaten, having a fantastic season so far. Uh, if Argyle failed to win any of these games, do you think he'll be gone? Uh, you would have to give someone a decent chance of keeping Argyle up before they become isolated at the bottom. Do you think we're getting to a tipping point, or, or can you not see that? Just before we answer that, Chris, we've had a similar question from 
Steve Merrifield again, who says Argyle's current run of form and indiscipline would be enough for some managers to be sacked. So, do you guys think we're perhaps reaching that tipping point, or, or are we it, not there yet? I mean, if they lose all three games and they lose all four 0 then who who knows? You know, football's football. You're it's a results based business. Um, you know, there's a lot of ifs, buts, and maybes in three games of football as to how things go and 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 what have you. I I still think that Derek Adams has got quite a bit of credit in the bank from the last two seasons. Um, I think he's a good manager. Uh, I think there are things that he needs to work on. His summer signings haven't worked, uh, aren't working at the moment. They need to to step up. Uh, but I I still think he's a good manager. In modern football, though, nobody is. Um, you know, infallible. Nobody is going to survive for 25 years like Alex Ferguson did. You do need to get results at some point in time. Um, me personally, if it was down to me, and it's not, and it's just my opinion, and we all have our opinions, I'd see where we are at Christmas and then take things from there. Um, and the one thing I would point out is that if you change your manager now and it applies to anybody in the country, and there's, you know, Oldham and Gillingham have already done that, you can't change your squad until the January transfer window. You might get a one off free agent signing in but again free agent signings to me aren't going to turn the club's fortunes around so any manager that you have you, you change and bring in that manager's going to have to work with the same set of players to January so I would have thought it makes much more sense to from the manager who brought in most of those players to work with those players and get them to better better and to fix the problem rather than panicking and bringing in somebody who might not rate the players but is going to have to work with them for the next two or three months yeah I guess Jack the one kind of real saving grace for, for Derek Adams is the fact that he's on a long-term contract. I mean, we were speaking about it earlier on and if Argyle were to get rid of him now, then obviously he'll, he'll have to spend a bit of money to pay up that contract. I, d- oh, I don't know. The, what, you know what's I'd be surprised if there wasn't a break clause yeah, in yeah. there somewhere. I, yeah. I was speaking to you, I said, uh, James Brent, hmm. no matter what people he's think of him, he's a, he's a smart businessman. Hmm. I'm sure he's not going to blindly give anyone, no matter how good you're doing, a four-year contract with no get-out for either, either hmm. party, you know. If Aberdeen job became available and Derek Adams was interested in that in the summer, there could have been a clause in that to give Derek yeah. Adams a choice to get out. I don't know yeah. what's in the contract, but James Brent, I don't think, would give anyone a blind contract. He would be, to do it in football. It would be a age. surprise to give somebody basically a blank cheque for four years in, in, mm. in modern football. I don't, I don't think that would happen. But for me, the, it's, not, it's not so much the result. If Argyle lose the next three games, because they're some tough teams, but they're performing well and looking like scoring and maybe a, a bit unlucky almost going forward, then that's different. It's just... The creating of chances that is that is the key for me I'd, I'm not so fussed about some of the results it's the performances that matter and that's what I'll be lo- hoping improves over the next few games What about the brand of football because I have seen some criticism from Argyle fans saying that it is too defensive and too negative is, is that something that concerns you People as well? weren't saying that when we were getting our way to the promotion from League 2 last season you know it's if, if, if and I, I'm taking I'm less off the striker because I think that's a hard position to be in it's the three behind for me that need to improve their performances and if they're scoring goals or at least making chances then there's a lot less pressure on on the defensive football, as it were. You know, Derek Adams did quite well last season, blocking teams out from performing. You know, there were numerous times that I remember being on this podcast and I was talking about how well I got defended. It was a backstall performance at certain points. Mm-hmm. And they were good on the counter attack. Again, for me, this counter attacking football is where the problem has been this season. Last year, we were fantastic at counter attacking football and got a number of goals from that and our set pieces. That's not been good enough this year. So no, I don't think the style of football is to blame. Like I said, fans weren't moaning at that last season. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously we have two people who are very much in the Adams camp, or Adams in camp, I should say, in, in Chris and, and Jack. Henry Andover is another. He said, I must be one of the few fans still backing Derek Adams. I can't see any manager getting anything more out of these players. 
although I do think his recruiting in the summer could have been a lot better and not signing a decent forward is definitely hurting the Pilgrims. I guess, again, Jack, that comes back to the point about Chifchi not perhaps... Yeah, I mean, to... strikers are not easy to find. Goal-scoring no. strikers are not easy to find in League 1, League 2 level. It's just it's just difficult. And, again, Nadia Chifchi, when he was announced, I think quite a few... I, I, thought, he was all... a good, I thought he was a good signing. Mm. And why would Deckham not think that? For League I 1 level, you think that's a good signing. Mm. And, Again, with with the likes with the likes of Ainsworth. Again, on paper, it's a good signing. Derek Hans doesn't have hindsight before he signs them. Yeah. And you you know you don't know what they're going to be like in and around the team. You don't know how hard things are going to happen. You can't you can't plan for every eventuality in every game. I think on paper they're good signings. They they impress me. But but Henry's right. They've and Chris has said it many times. They've not performed well enough today. And Derek Adams, this is where he earns his money. And it's the first real sign of struggle under Derek Adams. So that he deserves a bit more time yeah. and one thing I would say I thought Greg Wilde had a decent game on Saturday it, yes, was, his first, it was his first league start he counts as a summer signing I know it's his second spell but he, he counts as a summer signing and hadn't had much of a look in and I thought he, he, he did quite he did quite well he was one of the one of the plus points to come out of the game so maybe you know Greg might get a, a run in the in the team and uh, and see where it goes from there for him well certainly if the, as Jack said the three behind the striker aren't performing well and if Wilde does put in performances then he deserves a chance yes absolutely yeah. yeah. Lloyd Skitshaw I am a loyal green I live abroad in Jersey and I'm coming over to see the game at home park against Fleetwood but due to Argyle's poor form and the current relationship between fans and Derek Adams would it really be worth spending around £200 to see that don't get me wrong it would mean the world to me to come to home park for the, my first time but is now the right time Jack Win, lose, or trouble, you're always going to be there, aren't you? Foot- football fans know when they're spending their money that there's no guarantees in football. You're not going to guarantee a result. And when I go in a bad run of form, then you know you can't be coming to this game spending £200 thinking they're going to win 4-0, which is not going to happen. Now, you take that chance when you spend money, whether you live five minutes down the road and just buy a ticket, whether you're travelling from London, whether you're travelling from Jersey, you take that chance. <laughs> it's up to him what he does with his money. But you know, you've got, you've got a support team, you've got to get behind them. Now, I'm not saying he should spend £200. That's his choice, but fans fans need to get behind the team and you take that risk no matter how much you spend, whether it's 10, 5, mm. 20 pounds. Lloyd, how good would it feel when you come to Home Park for the first time and Argyle have had one win all season and then they win the game against Fleetwood and upset the orders and surprise everybody? That would be worth the money, wouldn't it? Now, unfortunately, I can't promise you that. <laughs> I wish I could, but That's I can't. Like a crystal ball there, <laughs> I can't predict that because Fleetwood are a very good team and it'll be a tough game, obviously. But... You know, sometimes as fans, we've all done it. We're all football fans. We work for the Herald, and uh, one of us is a big, big Argyle fan. Um, Jack, needless to say. <laughs> <clears throat> but we've all been there where we've gone to games and we thought, what a waste of money this was. But it's part of being a fan. The rough with the smooth, and when things do go well, you never moan about the cost of them, do you? No, I've, I've seen my team in big, big games, and I've spent a fortune watching them. And then when they do well... I think I can remember that far back. <laughs> it makes it, uh, sweeter, it, makes it all sweeter, yeah. Uh, David in Dover. We, we had Henry in Dover a minute ago. Now we've got David. Um, I'm, I'm liking this Kentish feel as, yeah. a, as a man of Kent myself. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if these are your questions. I'm, I'm quite enjoying the sort of Kent theme to this podcast. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, David in Dover says, I've been really impressed with Nathan Blissett's work ethic, although he doesn't seem a player who can turn on the magic and turn a game he always grafts for the cause. I think Nadia Chipchi should be sent back to Celtic and his wages used to bring in a free agent. We spoke about free agents mm. a minute ago. Yeah. One name that uh, David mentions mm. is Simon Church, who's mm. still available. Welsh international, mm-hmm. of course, who's uh, not yeah. been fixed up with the club. Yeah. Uh, has Derek Adams got the best for his money? Well, like I say, I'm not going to sit here and, and be a hypocrite. When Nadia Chipchi signed, I thought he was an excellent signing. 
I thought I really did. I expected him to do well. You know, he's a £1.5 million striker signed by Celtic two years ago, scored bundles of goals for Dundee United before that. I thought he was a good signer. So, um, David mentions, I, I think Nadia Schiffer should be sent back to Celtic. It doesn't work like that. He's on a season-long loan. There will almost certainly be a break clause in the January transfer window, which either party could activate now. If it's not going well for Schiffer at the start of January... That might be a conversation he needs to sit and have a chat with Derek Adams and say, is this really working out for either of us? And if it carries on the way it is at the moment, that answer will be, no, it's not working out. And then there might be scope for Shifty to go back. But when he's on a season-long loan, you can't just say, no, don't want you anymore, off you go. Is In as much as Celtic, if suddenly had Celtic had six players injured and they didn't have a single striker on their books, they can't say to Argyle next week, oh, we'll have Shifty back because we haven't got any strikers. It's not as... Simple and straightforward yeah. as that. So, uh, on the Nathan Blissett point, I, I think Nathan Blissett works so he does. He works so hard. He tries hard. He, he, the fans like players like that because they try hard. Does it always come off? No. But he he scored a, a really good goal on Saturday. He's got his first goal of the season. You know, to my mind at the moment, you know, he's he's got himself above Chifty in the in the pecking order now. Now, the, the cynical uh, people out there will say, well, there's not a lot of competition there, and, and to be fair, that's a, a valid point. But he, you know, at the moment, as things stand, is the main striker for Argyle, and if he can go in and just chip him with a few goals and use his physical presence to unsettle the defenders a little bit, like he did on Saturday, then you know he's going to get a run of, uh, run of games, and then it's down to him. Down to him to prove he can make it at League One level for Argyle. Yeah. Uh, Simon my... Church, I'm, you know, again, you know, he's got a good track record, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but why is he without a club? But why is he without a club? He hasn't played football for a while. You know, is he looking for a deal somewhere that's too much money? And you know, obviously, money would be an issue. He might be out of work, but there might be a certain amount of wages he's looking for. You know, who knows? There's 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 free agents out there, but I'm just not convinced that you'll sign a free agent now. Put him straight into the starting lineup and and him make a massive difference. I mean, we'll see. We'll and Derek see. Adams might well take take someone on a free and look at Jan Songo. He trained with Argyle for a very long time before signing a contract. Mm. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I mean, there's yeah. all sorts of options that Adams has done in the past. Yeah, indeed. Michael Wonsley, should Alex Battle? We'll move on to the exit mm. again tomorrow night. Now, uh, Michael's asking, should Alex Battle get a place in the 18-man squad for Tuesday's Checker Trade Trophy fixture following his positive form in the? Southwest Peninsula League. Now, Alex was a player that I saw a few times in pre-season, Jack. That game we went to um, against the Devon FA, he was fantastic that night. I know it's a lesser quality of opposition, but he, he caught the eye and he can only keep playing well against the opposition he's up against, can't he? It's an interesting one. There's two sides to this. Normally, if I go on an average run of forms, let's say, not a poor run of form, then I'd say, yeah, you know, check out your trophy game bring him in, give him a go. But one, this is against Exeter. As a fan, purely as a fan, not as a journalist, as a fan, I don't want us to lose this game. And secondly, I just think losing this game could do a lot of damage to morale. I think it's a good chance to try and get a win on the board, get a couple of goals. It's a, it would be a difficult situation to throw him into. I still think there'll be a good amount of attendance tomorrow night. I think it could be quite a hostile atmosphere. It, would I chuck him in? No, maybe possibly on the bench, but I don't think I'll give him a starting place. Do you, do you think this game now has more importance for Argyle because of their pull? In terms of who fans yeah. or the club? I, I think more so the club than the players, as you say, about uh, getting confidence. I mean, if, if Chifchi plays tomorrow night, for example, and scores, that could get him. Definitely, I think. Running, I think if, if they, whichever way it goes tomorrow, if they go in and put in a poor performance, it adds 
an, a, another defeat to the, the long list, doesn't it? But if they get in a performance, it would be great confidence going into the game on Saturday. So I do think there's a lot more importance on this game than perhaps it normally would be. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of the Czech trophy, Chris. No, um, no, I mean, I'm, a bit more important. Than yeah, the no, there is absolutely. I'm, I'm not a fan of the Czech trophy thing. It's a waste of time. Um, but in the circumstances are that are in, yes, absolutely. It's you know you're playing your your local rivals. Um, how strong the two teams will be will be interesting to see. Although Argyle haven't got that much scope to to change the team around with all the uh, the injuries they've got. Um, but you know this is would be an ideal opportunity to get a win. Uh, and to give everyone a bit of a lift after what's been a really torrid month. So, as much as I'm not a fan of the Czech Trade Trophy, and I'm not really all that fussed if Argyle were didn't reach the second round, um, I think this, you know, Jack's right. This is a game that would would give everyone a lift. As far as Alex Battle, I, I haven't seen him too many times before, but he's always looked quite lively to me. Um, Argyle obviously saw something in him because they put him on one of these professional development contracts, so he's not a full time pro training with the first team squad all the time. But he he's, he sounds as though he's doing well in the Southwest Peninsula League. But you know, without wanting to sound like too much of a you know a, a pessimist, it's such a big gap between the Southwest Peninsula League and first team football. Um, it's very difficult to judge what somebody's doing in the Southwest Peninsula League um, and then comparing it with a, with a game against the Exeter, even if it's in the Checker Trade Trophy. There's bound to be uh, plenty of uh, uh, competitive uh, nature about the game. So. Should he get a place in the squad? You know, I wouldn't have a problem if he was on the bench, to be honest. You know, um, and why not? Um, but you know, I, I would think that Derek Adams is not one. He can't make too many changes, and two, I can't see him just throwing out a, a makeshift team and playing Exeter in a game because you know they're going to need to try and get a good result out of this one. Yeah, just quickly then, uh, do you think a win over Exeter tomorrow could kickstart our goal season? As Chris and me both said, it would be a welcome boost to everyone. It would be a welcome boost to fans, it would be a welcome boost to the players if they score goals, it would be a welcome boost to the team if they can keep a clean sheet or just get a win. A W on the fixture board, or fixture list would be fantastic no matter what competition. I think it would be an absolutely huge lift. But on the other side, I think it would it could be a morale buster if they, if they lost tomorrow. Chris is right, it would be interesting to see what teams they play mm. from next to perspective as well. I mean, if Exeter don't play their strongest team, then... I think, made, I think Exeter made quite a few changes. So I think when they play Yeovil in the pre, it's, it's a difficult one to call, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you're if you're the managers, do you make wholesale changes, and then you turn up on the night, and the opposition's got actually quite a strong team, and then you've sort of handicapped yourself before yes. you've even started. So um, I would have thought there'd be sort of I would have thought they'd both be mix and match sort of teams, you know, with a fair number of first first team players, with maybe one or two sort of. Fringe players given in a go. Good chance Sonny Bradley to get some first team football because his suspension obviously won't be included. So. Absolutely, see, and, and that's where it all gets confusing, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know that uh, you're right. Sonny Bradley will be available. It's, it's the same point with Gary Miller, yeah. but Sonny Bradley will be available for this game. So yeah. that that's a boost for Argyle. Yeah, I can see there being a lot of changes to the starting 11s, but I can see both teams having quite strong benches. Hmm. There's a, there's a lot to be said yeah. for um, local local bragging rights. Yeah, well, especially when there being no league game this year, so it's uh, more than just one. Three or two points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is in the Checker Trade Trophy. <laughs> Indeed. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks, guys, for joining me on the show this week. And to you out there for tuning in, of course, we'll be back again next week with more of the same, so be sure to join us then. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We're always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.